got a big red cherry nose. Santa's got a big red cherry nose. Who laughs this way? Ho ho ho. Santa laughs this way. Ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. Cherry nose. Get on it. Sue that's red. Special night. Here that's right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the In Real Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Semino, senior writer at InRealDeep.com, and with me, as always, is executive editor Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Hey, you cotton-headed nitty muggins. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how they settled on that. It's a very appropriate – it sounds like it's way worse than it is. Like, it's a great choice of gibberish – you know, term or whatever. Definitely passes for like a racial slur at the North Pole, <laughs> yeah, I think. Definitely. <laughs> oh, welcome back, everyone. If you didn't guess from that little comment or the name of the episode or the month we are currently in, it is holiday month, Christmas month on the In Real Deep podcast, and we are talking Christmas movies. And as always, since it's December, we have to have our Christmas guru, our superstar, our Santa lover, Sam Johnson is here. Hello, Sam. Hi there. I'm not feeling great today because I went to a concert last night, but my Christmas spirit is indomitable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt it for a second. You you always, whenever Christmas comes a call and you are always there to heed it. So we appreciate you powering through despite ringing in ears of whatever, or whatever ailment befalls you today. It's mostly being hungover. <laughs> or that, that's true too. I mean, that could be an excuse, you know, for most of these, given that we record them on the weekends. I think that is a common sentiment, perhaps. But regardless, we are here, we are going strong, and we are talking about Elf. And this is an interesting one, because I think when we started, before we, when we decided, or when Sam decided for us, that we were going to talk about Elf, I think we all sort of thought, okay, that'll be an easy one, that'll be, that's such a charming, pleasant movie, there's no downside to it, there's really nothing wrong with it, like, this just... It'll be a quick, you know, 20-minute episode, but I know we were chatting before. This is a different – it's not a different movie than I remember, but there was certainly more going on on the negative side for sure than than I particularly recall. I mean, it's still a very highly charming movie and definitely among the – like my favorite Christmas movies still. But yes, I I also was – there are some things I had forgotten about it, and I've watched this movie many times over the years, but – usually uh like a lot of the movies it's like interrupted by commercials and rapping and walking out of the room and whatever and this is the first time in a while i'd actually sat down to uh to watch this movie start to finish so yeah and Sam, I, mean, I feel like you might not agree with us in that regard but yeah <laughs> that's what I'll we're here to find out in- about i'll be very interested to hear what nits you guys are are picking on this movie because <laughs> overall it's just a classic well, before we get too deep into it, let us do the more like Christmas beer segment. I do not know if anyone has a beer, though I will be very impressed. And I wouldn't put it past any of us to be consuming one. No judgment on the In Real Deep podcast, that's for sure. But I am enjoying a Starbucks cold brew. I am <laughs> saving my alcohol for later in the day. How about you guys? Uh, I am drinking an ale, but it's a ginger ale from Canada Dry. It isn't a lovely... <laughs> Lovely Christmas box and can, and um, it's quite crisp and delicious. But I also am gonna save my my uh, my, my boozing and carousing for for later in the evening. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't do it today, guys. I'm drinking water. <laughs> Hair of the dog, though, Sam. That's the solution to your problems. Well, 
I, I just couldn't do it today, guys. Oh, I was thinking about it. Or maybe a plate of spaghetti with syrup over it. That might be good. That might be a good way to drag you out of the hangover. I had too many Christmas sales last night. Yeah, it's tough, man. They bite you. All right. Well, let's now that we know that we are all consuming normal, respectable beverages, let's talk about. Oh, no, that's good. I think that's very appropriate because Buddy would not want us to drink alcohol anyway. Though he does drink alcohol at one point and makes a new best friend. <laughs> who, by the way, I think that character in that scene in the mailroom says he's like 26 years old. Yes. That is like a 50 year old man. <laughs> that's not true at all. No, I think that was a joke. <laughs> okay, it was. Okay, I'm I wasn't pretty sure. sure. Uh, yeah, I interpreted that as a joke and a very funny one, if it, if it is a joke. If not, it's very strange, yeah. But why, when you're drunk, do you forget your age? I guess, I've never had that. Pro- I guess I might be off a year or two, but I don't usually have that issue. No, I think he was just lying. Oh, Sam, is that how you interpreted it as well? I didn't I didn't get that. I thought he was actually saying he was 26. I thought he was too, but I guess that, I mean, it is, a, it is. he's obviously not, you know, at least the actor isn't, so it probably is a joke. But yeah, I didn't particularly pick up on that. He looks like, he looks like a Caucasian Danny Trejo, so I don't know. very much like a Caucasian Danny Trejo. I don't think anyone, oh, I, I assumed it was a joke, maybe, maybe, maybe incorrectly. You're probably right. I think that would be the logical interpretation, so. Yeah. I'll yeah. buy that. But anyway, let's talk about Elf in general. Let's get general thoughts. I, Andrew, I think you know you're right. It is a great movie. I know Sam. I, I suspect very easily because there's a lot of Buddy in you or you and Buddy. I'm not sure who came first. Probably you, technically. But I, it's it's a very nice movie. I think you know the bulk of it, it's a very interesting movie for like you know for film nerds like myself and Andrew. I think in the sense that. Will Ferrell, you know, youngish Will Ferrell, an early Will Ferrell movie, like he wasn't the the brand that he became or the ridiculous character that he's come to embody. It's he's just Will Ferrell. So it's nice to see, you know, a 15 years ago Will Ferrell type role where his his antics weren't so not that they're played out now, but they weren't so embedded in our consciousness. This is a very sort of early sort of Will Ferrellness, which I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, and it's a great cast around it too. I mean, obviously James Caan is sort of like the the war on Christmas character. And then um, Bob Newhart as the narrator is just, I, I, I kind of forget about that every time I watch this movie and, you know, his deadpan humor really adds something. And then even like a Peter Dinklage before he was Peter Dinklage and, uh, and, and Zoe Deschanel sort of before she was famous. So um, it's a great cast cast. Um, I, I also wrote down that it's sort of like if it's a classic Will Ferrell performance, but also a little bit unusual because he's so there's so much there that is normal Will Ferrell, but then there's he's not he's not um, he's not profane or um, there's really not a lot of like sort of bathroom humor or anything like that that I kind of associate with 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 Will Ferrell or he's over the top in sort of a different kind of way, so it's it's also kind of an unusual performance even. Um, given everything that sort of came came after that like Step Brothers was only like four or five years later similar kind of character but like a really different like subject matter and vibe and everything like that um but I would just say like even with that great cast I think like Will Ferrell is just makes the movie um like this this isn't a thing without him I mean right from both from his sort of delivery to his body type you know he's kind of he's kind of <laughs> like part of the one of the funniest things right out of the gate is that he's an elf and he's so like large and it's sort of oddly shit i mean that that visual gag sort of never gets old um the only other thing i sort of think is just like this movie sort of 
I think, you know, and I see, I see this having like a three-year-old now, like I think this movie is actually possibly the best distillation of like what it's like to be a kid, a young kid at Christmas. Um, um, and I, and I love that, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm a year away from, from Anna serving us M&Ms and spaghettis for breakfast. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's a great, it's a great, it's a great Christmas movie. Yeah, it's uh, packed with Christmas spirit, uh, the whole thing. Uh, and Will Ferrell brings all of that to the table. Um, I love the physical comedy, AJ. You, they, they use Will Ferrell's body very well. Like, just when he finds out he's a human and he goes crashing into yeah. his home and he's, like, breaking the chair <laughs> tiny. And then he goes and sits on the toilet. It's just, like, it adds a level of hilarity that's amazing. Um, I also like the, I, I, I like, uh, the contributions of all the characters and how they develop also. And so it, even though Will Ferrell drives forward, uh, a lot of the transformation in, in the characters, um, each one of the characters has, uh, their own progression and like everyone from Michael to, um, is it Mary Steenburgen or whatever? Yeah. Um, uh, Steenburgen. And then also, uh, and obviously James Caan. Uh, I, I just, I just love all the characters. It's a fantastic, fantastic film. It it does do a really nice job of giving though though Buddy is an absurd person and is absurd in many ways. It it, it is sort of earned why almost not everyone. I, I, it doesn't really make sense why Zoe would end up falling for him. That's a little creepy. He's a lot older and he's. Got borderline mental health issues that he needs to deal with, so it's unlikely that this very attractive young woman would fall for Will Ferrell. But every like the whole family, it makes perfect sense when they all sort of hop on board. Like Michael likes him because he's a kid, and like once he realizes that he's you know maybe a weirdo, but he's very friendly and fun and good at throwing snowballs. Like they do a really good job of having that sort of be relatively logical, as opposed to they like him because it's in service of the story. Like I'm glad they invested enough effort to actually justify why everyone would sort of come around in certain ways and it uses Christmas really well too because part of the reason James Conn eventually warms and you know and embraces his family as a whole is because the season and he realizes he's not spending time with them and just realizes he's being a curmudgeon on the worst possible day to be a curmudgeon so like it makes good use of Christmas without leaning on it despite a movie about Santa and about elves I didn't think it leaned on Christmas as a trope as much as some other movies we've seen where it was like Christmas is just is ever present because it serves like I feel like Christmas is used when it's necessary and and the movie's also very funny and does its own thing and cracks jokes that aren't all revolving around the holiday. And I appreciate that because I feel like that is when you overuse Christmas, you use Christmas as a crutch too much, it really brings the movie down or at least makes it like, to me at least, makes it a little more throwaway. And for here, I feel like it stands on its own, but then when it's time for Christmas, it's deployed in a very smart way. I think that's, I think that's, I, I, never, I didn't think of it that way when I was sort of writing my notes, but I think that's absolutely right. Like to me, the funniest scenes in the movie are actually, um, you know when he's in the uh, the office with James Conn or in the mailroom. When, mail you, when room. you see him in a suit at that point after yeah, the whole movie of seeing him in yeah. the, he looks. It's just funny. You've seen Will Ferrell in a suit a million times. Yeah, but you yeah. just know it's Buddy and he looks so uncomfortable and it's just fantastic. Yeah, like I'm and I, you know, when I when I rang a guy, like when he picks up the phone and he says, uh, "This is Buddy the Elf. What's your favorite color?" I mean, like I just died, you know, like that. <laughs> and that's not a Christmas joke, you know. I mean, it, it is because all of that is funny because of the way they've built him up to that point, but it has nothing to do with Christmas, nor does like any of the stuff in the mailroom. And yet the movie does a really good job of sort of circling back to Christmas at really 
key moments. Like I agree that the Zoe Deschanel romance storyline is like one of the least plausible, I guess you would say. But, um, but like to me, one of the very best Christmas scenes in that movie is when he's, he like, he's, he, you know, he's a fish out of water and he's finding a Christmas tree in New York and she takes him to Rockefeller center. Like that is like one of the most, like the, the best scenes in the movie. Um, so it does a really good way of sort of circling back to that. Um, I guess we're, 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 Steve and I have done a good way of talking around sort of the end of the movie, which I found to be, I, I just found to be kind of, kind of just loses momentum and until the moment Bob Newhart comes back into the story, basically. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, I think that's a really good point that it, it's, it's a, it is a Christmas movie, but it's not, it's not funny or enjoyable just because of the sort of quote unquote holiday spirit. Yeah. <clears throat> Agreed. I, I had a fun time this time watching. Um, I, I sort of tried to put myself in the place of the other characters in the movie other than Buddy. And like, <laughs> and like it makes sense that they treat him like a crazy person. Yeah. And yes, like, he's insane. They, yeah. The way that they <laughs> respond is like logical. Um, which is cool. And I, the one one thing in defense of the Zoe Deschanel thing is like, you know, she's like pretty standoffish with him the first time and is like, why are you staring at me, creeper? And but then once he uh, once he like sets up the Christmas display because Santa's coming, it's like that's that's the moment of truth where she's like, maybe this guy is actually an elf. Yeah, I mean, I I buy that she would turn around and and like him, but I don't buy that she'd want to kiss or have sex with him. <laughs> like, I could see I could see how his he could be charming in some ways, especially because he's so. And this is a testament to Will Ferrell too. He's so consistently himself that it's hard to not like it. Like, I I buy that the characters would be like, yeah, yeah, like he's weird as shit, but he's always weird as shit, and there's something endearing about that. But I don't think that would that would you know spurn you know or start sexual urges in any human being necessarily. Can, can we pause for a second and talk about the bizarre amount of like s- sexual storylines you've had so far in like in like the the Ron Howard Grinch there was a lot of sex yeah. like this is like for Christmas movies I feel like we've we've dealt with a lot of sexual tension already um I mean Steve was seeing stuff in Christmas Chronicles that I'm not sure was there but <laughs> but um and Man, then do you find I mean, Christmas to be a sexual holiday <laughs> <laughs> wow. let's, call it rom- let's call it romance Jeez. <laughs> sure. that's a part of romance that's fair i'll buy that they definitely have sex though it will seems- ferrell and zoe yeah because he he, he they showed- have a baby at the end so they have to have had sex at least once it's right no 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 at, at, on their date they have sex because he shows up the next day at the at the dad's office without having gone home in the same clothes Mm. Do you think he but does he own a series of clothes at that point? Meaning buddy? Or does he have like just one set of clothes? Well he has a as he has a suit and a and a and like an elf suit, so he has two sets of clothing. But Andrew, what do you think? Do you think that they have sex on the first date? I missed that, but I, I think it's well, I think it's possible in the context of the movie, but it seems again, it's not very 
believable in the context of the characters. <laughs> if that makes sense. I didn't notice that, but I, I'm sure Sam's right about the detail. He's probably seen the movie a lot more times than I have. So, <clears throat> all right. Well, there you go. That'd be great. I and mean, Buddy is really happy. Like, not that he wouldn't be happy just with like a fun first date, but <laughs> he's over the moon. So maybe he just had a really good night. Who knows? Well, and thank God, John Favreau and the writers did not make that explicit because that is that would have. I think kind of spoiled the whole vibe. Like, you know, I could yeah, see if, it. Had the, if we saw buddy navigating sex for yeah. the first time, yeah. like in real, yeah, yeah, that would be a little, that would be a different type of that. scene. I don't need to see that. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's romance, not sex. <laughs> <laughs> so it's romance when there's sex, but no one talks about it. That's romance. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about the ending though. Like, I think it's, uh, I mean, there's plenty of other stuff I do want to talk about, but I, it's a shame the way they wrap it up. I think it would be, and I, the ending doesn't take away from the movie necessarily, but it does insert a lot of weird drama and action that is really unnecessary. And I think chief of the, the moment that really made me raise an eyebrow is when they unveil this special team of police horses and I guess policemen on the horses, but they're like evil, mean horses who break up, I guess, like, you know, protesters or riots or something i forget it the specifics but they're they make it clear these are mean horses and i don't understand why there needs to be this extra threat on santa and on buddy and on the characters why can't santa's sleigh just be broken down and that's it and they fix it like that's enough of an impediment i feel like to move the story along it's really weird to add this action element it doesn't even really come to play like the horses don't do anything they're just a sort of a looming threat for 10 minutes and then it resolves itself without them really getting involved in any way or without Buddy really being, I mean, I guess he fixes the sleigh, but like I, to me, the the problem I have with the whole ending of the movie is just that it basically sidelines Will Ferrell to a large degree. I mean, he's like working on Santa's sleigh basically, so he doesn't really have any funny lines or any of the sort of, you know, the the charm level is sort of taken down several notches, and um, I just was like kind of honestly just kind of. Like I know a movie like that's got to end with some some dramatic flourish, but like it just I was kind of bored by it to be honest, um, and I didn't really care about the reporter uh, or like like I, I kind of Matt Walsh flirting with her though that was funny. Well, I kind of got the point of the reporter like after two times, and you know I don't know it just it it wasn't. Um, I just I had sort of forgotten about this ending or it's been like chopped up through commercials. So it doesn't seem as like weird, but it's just it's kind of prolonged too, right? Like it's like sort of 20 minutes or so of like and again, to me, the big issue is it just it sidelines the character buddy. um, And that's the whole reason that the movie is so, so freaking enjoyable up to that point. Um, You know, and then and then, like I said, for me, like as soon as all of that is over and we're back at like the North pole with Bob Newhart and he like sits on Bob Newhart's lap with his child. And it like, I mean, I'm, I'm back on, on board, but it was just like, it just kind of is like a, a strange 20 minutes. I don't know. I'm sure Sam disagrees. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a bit long, but they have to precipitate the final transformation of the characters. I don't understand. Like, they have to have Zoe get over her um, stage fright. They have to have uh, his dad be all in on Christmas. And, you know, I, like I said, maybe it's a little bit long, but, like, if Santa's sleigh was just broken down, they have to precipitate the refilling of the clausometer in some way. And so, I mean, I guess. 
They can just, <laughs> but why, why introduce these, like, or why not introduce the scary looming horses previously in the film so it just doesn't feel so out of place? Like, I just, uh, it just, it, it felt very tacked on. Like, not, none of the, nothing else in the movie feels forced or unnatural or out of place. Clumsy, I feel like it just yeah, takes a, a like bit. a tone turn there that just was very odd. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just, I, I know what you're saying, Sam, and I, I don't, I don't really have a great, obvious suggestion other than, yeah, maybe the horses were a bit much, um, and I'm not sure how I would feel about the ending with, without the horses, because even then, it's like, again, if it's, if it's then, if the movie all of a sudden shifts to being totally about all of the other characters, then I think you're still without the, the driving force of it, and I'm, it might lose a little momentum, but. It just, it just, it just is a, like a little clumsy. I guess that's that's all I would say. I'm not like. That's a good word for it. I, I'm not a. It doesn't ruin the movie by any stretch of the imagination, um, for me. And and um and I get what you're saying about sort of the the need to transform the other characters, um, but I just I don't know. It just it was. I just found myself a little bit bored, which is like a crazy thing to say, give it in contrast to the first hour of the movie where I wasn't bored at all. <laughs> I don't know. By the way, the clausometer is completely ripped off in Christmas Chronicles. Oh. I just said, I'm in my notes. I like the clausometer so much more than Kurt Russell's stupid watch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, but I mean, that's just more proof that Christmas Chronicles was written by an algorithm. So, <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. I will say too, the fact that this movie is ninety minutes long is a real treat. I was, I feel very old saying that, but I was so excited. It's like ninety minutes. All right, like I'm instantly excited when I know I'm only going to be, you know, engaged for that long in something. I know. I was able to watch it on a plane ride from uh, Chicago to Atlanta, or Atlanta to Chicago. I still had to split it over two nights because I'm old, but um, <laughs> that's real. Yeah. Old, but so. still. Not two and not three, though. It's still pretty good. Well, as an aside, that's why Buster Scruggs, Ballad of Buster Scruggs might be my favorite movie of the year, because I could watch it over like 12 nights. Oh, it's but, a perfect uh, anyway. Netflix movie. It's Netflix. Anyway. That's, that's the, what the algorithm needs to hop on next, is yeah, yeah, things that yeah. can be broken up that easily. Christmas version. Anyway, so I have a question. Sam, do you feel about Steve and I the same way that Will Ferrell feels about the fake Santa in, in, the, in the store? What, do you smell like meat and cheese? <laughs> yeah, and that we're, that we're imposters and, you know. Yeah, it's Artie Lang, by the way, I believe. That's great, it is Artie Lang. Great, great yeah, you, you sit on a throne of lies. Yeah. Is, is that how you feel about, like, every every time you sit down to record with us? Uh, yeah, yeah, more or less, yeah. <laughs> I thought so. I just wanted to confirm. But you come back for more, though, and we appreciate you. still give us a chance, and that's, an, that's a buddy trait, too. Sam, I feel like there's very – how much do you see yourself in Buddy? How much do you relate to the character? Despite, as you said, recognizing this time that he's a little, you know, as a real human being, he's absurd. How much do you enjoy, relate, appreciate his his antics and his personality? Uh, incredible. I mean, I have a deep, deep appreciation for all of the tenants which he lives by. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I feel like I... I feel like I'm a, you know, functioning member of society with Buddy the Elf undertones. <laughs> um, so, like, you can't just be Buddy the Elf um, in in the real world, but I try to get as close as possible. I mean, you could if you wanted a job in a mailroom, I guess. We're writing children's books. That seems to be a thing. We're writing children's books. Yeah. 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 
I love the way they tie tie that back together. And also, I just, before I don't want to. I the 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 end when he's flying away on the sleigh, and Arthur has finally uh, sung, and then he looks back at Zoe Deschanel. Like that is a tearjerker moment. I don't know, man. It's like all of those people are just better versions of themselves because of Buddy's influence. I, it wasn't a tearjerker for me, but <laughs> <laughs> not for me either. But it was nice. I, you it's know, it's I, nice. Yeah, it's very yeah. nice. Yeah, Sam, I think you're right though. One thing I did appreciate again, a little thing the movie does that I enjoyed. I, I was glad that because in my head I remembered the movie as they, you know, um, James Caan is trying to pitch ideas for books, and then Buddy becomes a children's book writer. So in my head I was like, oh, he must come up with an idea that saves the publishing company or whatever, because I just forgot how it wrapped up. And I like that, no, the story, the, the, that, the story technically ends that James Caan is screw, says screw this and walks out, and then the, the, you know, the afterword is, oh, by the way, Buddy became, they started their own company and Buddy wrote a book. Like, I'm glad that it wasn't, it's a little thing, but I'm glad they didn't force that in there as the revolution. <clears throat> it was just sort of then, oh, by the way, this is how Buddy made a living, you know, as a real person. Like, it's a nice touch. It doesn't, it just doesn't feel as obvious and as, uh, like a necessity or a, or a tight wrap up. It just feels like it's more, the emotional turn is James Caan embracing his family. Like, I'm glad it leaned on that and not sort of an arbitrary tie in to the fate of the publishing company that I. I really don't give a shit about at all you know agreed so one one thing that i think is i just pulled i was just looking at the imdb page and the the amount this movie made a lot of money like right out of the bat and i think that's kind of interesting i, I was listening to this thing on on audible which was about um like sort of how how holiday songs become successful and i think movies kind of, a lot of the successful holiday movies fall into the same boat which is that it actually and i think it's a wonderful life is kind of a classic example of this they 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 aren't like seen as instant classics a lot of times they're sort of like panned critically um and that's true of like the songs and and movies but this is like this to me is like elf is the exception to that like general rule like it is like it is like it was an immediate it was a hit when it came out and it's it's just worked its way into the sort of holiday movie canon very like immediately it didn't take time or revisiting or or anything like that um you know like like eventually arthur christmas will i'm sure be um <laughs> for, for the canon. Um, but like i think that's kind of interesting that it was like and, and it, it does make sense i don't know i was in the middle of college so this wasn't like a, a thing for me when it sort of came out that year but like it's great cast funny funny actor and um, it's kind of interesting that it just it was like right away um, a, a holiday classic. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, it just shows that the world wants and needs more <laughs> solid Christmas content. <laughs> and I think it shows Andrew. And that's a real. I didn't even think about that either. That, but it does make sense. And I think it's a testament to that. This is a good movie for the most part in and of itself. You know. It yeah. has the Christmas element, which pay, which everyone remembers it for. But if you just see it as a Will Ferrell movie, like I'm not a huge Christmas person, as we've established on this podcast. But I've, I, there's value in this beyond just the holiday spirit. It's just a fun movie to watch. So if you just if you like Will Ferrell's antics, there's plenty there for you on its on its head. And then oh by the way, if you're Sam, it's Christmas and it's there and it's you can hug <laughs> it and love it. Yeah, we hug it, we love it. You guys. <laughs> Do you guys think that this classifies as war on Christmas movie? 
That's the whole reason. Kinda, why. I mean, it's a. I mean, it's just an interfamily war. Who, who, I guess, who's waging war on scale. Christmas? Yeah, who's like James Con character is character is certainly a grump, you know. But he's not like he's not waging a war on Christmas, really. He's waging a war on a crazy person who's claiming to be his son, which is actually kind of understandable and rational in a lot of ways. And then he works too much, which, you know, that I don't know. I don't think it's a war on Christmas movie now that you ask that question. James Conn is waging a proxy war on Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) And so is his boss, frankly. His His boss definitely is. Why are they holding a board meeting on Christmas Eve, too? What the fuck is going on? That's not a thing. I don't think even, like, I think even the meanest companies will give you, like, that night off. I really doubt there's business that needs to be held that night. Especially a children's book. Like, come on. I mean, (laughs) they posted posted a negative eight for the quarter, guys. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what that means. What does a negative eight mean? I, I don't, I don't even, I guess I'm not a publisher, but. Or a businessman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I noticed too that uh, it was when the, when, the, when you first see the CGI in this, it looks a little dated. And then I think I got as that goes on more that it's supposed to like I, I don't think I grasped by the way that it's meant to call back the old time you know uh, animated <laughs> movies because my first yes. thought was oh man the CGI sucks. And then I saw when they're saying bye to buddy and I was like oh it's funny I get it now <laughs> like it's it's a reference. Yeah, it's supposed to be like the Rudolph. The Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, like, slow uh, stop motion. I mean, I think that's largely what they're referencing. Because yeah. the snowman is basically supposed to be um, Burl Ives, you know, the Burl Ives character in, in that. Sam, you're the true expert here, but I'm pretty sure I'm getting my reference right. Um, that that's what they're going for. So, yeah. yeah Which is a, another nice little touch, nice nice reference. All the costume, uh, his uh, his elf costume is the same as the uh, elf costume right. from Rudolph. Oh, so, that's right, that's yeah. It's interesting that some of these things, like the elf costume, that this, you know, we sort of accept that as what elves look like, but there was a, you know, movie or a television show or a book or a picture or whatever that is sad. Like, no one, that doesn't come, that comes from something else, you know? That was, Rudolph sort of set the tone in a lot of ways for what elves look like, and then when they ape it in this, you just naturally go, oh yeah, elves in green suits, but that's really, that it, that was, like, someone decided that they were going to look like that and it's become the gold standard of what elves look like it just it strikes me as interesting the stuff that like sticks in our brains as that's what christmas is supposed to look like when in actuality you know someone along the way shaped that into what has become standard and commonplace in our minds yeah and i it, it's funny like i i also um i was watching um the, last night the snl christmas special and, um, and now that you say that, I'm like, there's a there's a scene in there. Uh, I think we've probably all seen the sketch where Alec Baldwin's the host, and he's basically playing his character from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, except he's yelling at the the elves. And now I'm wondering, it's like always be cobbling or something like that instead of always be closing. <laughs> so he's just being like mean to the elves. Um, but I'm like sort of realizing, like, yeah, that that, that uh, some of the stuff just, you know, where does it even where does it even come from? Um, and and Elf does a nice job of sort of like carrying that along um, in, a, in a nice way. And, and I, I, uh, tangentially, I would say I watch that SNL Christmas thing every year. And Will Ferrell is just such a big part of Christmas because of this movie and then because of his SNL work. Um, like the one I was watching last night is the one where he's singing uh-huh. um, while he's spinning around on the thing. And then he just starts vomiting everywhere, which is that's I guess that's where I was coming from with like the 
this this buddy role being classic Will Ferrell in some ways, but also not because um, like that that one is just that that is also great. I hope Steve, I hope you know the skit I'm referencing, but uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's really good. It's the he's singing. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and then the thing just starts spinning too fast, and it's it's really good. Uh, yeah. Sam, here's a question for you. I didn't know this existed. I was just doing a little internet searching. Have you seen Elf colon Buddy's Musical Christmas? Uh, no, I have not. It is a NBC animated special that keeps the characters of Elf alive, and it aired in 2014. Wow. With Jim uh, Parsons as Buddy, Ed Asner reprises his role as Santa, Mark Hamill as the dad. This seems like so up your alley. I can't believe you – I thought you were going to lecture me for being a fool and not knowing what this is. It's an hour-long uh, – it's on DVD and Blu-ray. So maybe we need to supplement our Elf viewing with this Elf colon Buddy Buddy's musical Christmas viewing as well. I, I It's on yeah. my list now. <laughs> I would definitely watch a workplace comedy around the North Pole Elves. Um, I would just say like an elf spinoff movie. Um, like, cause I thought some of those scenes were also, yeah. Like Sam was saying, like him running into stuff cause he's so large and <laughs> yeah, um, really him good. being completely incompetent, basically like <laughs> Only yeah, if... he's still really good with the Etch-A-Sketch, which is interesting. I don't know. Well, he's just compared to elves. He's not, yeah, he's like... still, he can still make 87 Etch-A-Sketches in a day. Right. That's, that's pretty that's good. True. <laughs> true. <laughs> It's more than I can make in a day. Do you guys have any specific moments? I'm, there's so many amazing little moments in this movie. I think that's that's the thing that really brings it home for me. And AJ, uh, what you were saying about the first hour is just there's it's just hit after hit of just Will Ferrell being amazing. But are there any that stick out in your mind? I my my favorite by far is. Both sides of the equation when when Buddy's eating cotton balls and <laughs> James Conn's face is trying. You can tell James Conn is trying so hard not to laugh, yeah. and Will Ferrell's face of just much just refusing to stop doing it. I thought that was that was probably my favorite part. I laughed really hard at that. I mean, there's like there's a lot of parts that I always like reference or quote. Like the I mentioned the hi, it's Buddy the Elf. What's your favorite color? And um and uh. The narwhal going, bye, buddy. I hope you find your friends uh, or family, whatever he says. Yeah. But there were like two small, I think to your point, there were two small parts that weren't necessarily, um, uh, that weren't necessarily um, Buddy the Elf centric that I really loved. One is the, um, the, the like the manager at the, the department store after all of the, um, all of the decorations go up and he comes over to buddy and Zoe Deschanel. And he's like, he's like, I don't know who did like, it's, it's very like corporate, like, uh, workplace politics. He's like, I don't know who did this. Someone's coming for me. We got to stick together. That just made me laugh for some reason. Like it was like kind of a throwaway moment in there. And then the other one is when uh, we already talked about when he, when he's drinking down in the mailroom with that one guy, I'd forgotten completely about that scene. The, tw- the alleged 27 year old. Uh, I, I just thought that stuff was, <laughs> that, that stuff is great. I mean, yeah, we haven't even talked about the, the stuff with, with Peter Dinklage like that. All of that is really good. Uh, I don't know. There, there just is like the first hour is, is just, it, it just keeps coming. So, <clears throat> Yeah, Sam. Is there anything? What's your? What's your? You've seen this movie probably 
I couldn't even estimate the amount of times. I feel like if I were to say a number, it would be too low, so I'm not even going to bother. But Sam, yeah. what, 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 what makes you laugh, even after all these viewings? Uh, uh, okay. Uh, I really... <laughs> where to begin? <laughs> where, literally, where to begin. Uh, I really love when he drinks the entire bottle of Coke and then, <laughs> and then burps and goes, Did you hear that? <laughs> um, that one's really good. And then... Um, what, more what, more proof that he's three years old, by the way, because yeah. that's something Anna would do. Um, yeah, I love uh, also when he. Uh, what, okay, so there's another one where uh, they're doing like a, a a little montage when he's still at the North Pole, and it shows him like in the uh, elf choir, and then it shows him dunking on all of the elves. <laughs> yes. Like basketball. <laughs> basketball game. That was really good. And then I think the other one is when they, um, <laughs> when they're sitting at breakfast and he's, and he's like, and, uh, Mary Steenburgen asked, uh, you know, how, how'd you sleep? And he goes, I got a full 40 minutes. Yes. <laughs> and then he destroyed their like media console to make a rock. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was really it's great. It's like great. a media console. Is great. <laughs> I guess that is what it is. Well, it had to be such a big media console too. Cause the TVs were like, when they came out, we're like, you know, they didn't really have the flat screens too. So it was like, it was an enormous piece of furniture. I don't know if you guys caught that. That was really good. That was a great yeah. visual gag too. The way they just cut to it is very, yeah, they did a great job with that. And then the last one is when he's writing his like farewell message and he goes, sorry, I stuffed all of the cookies in the VCR. <laughs> it's just, that's so great too. Cause it's chaos. There's no Christmas value or reason to do that. It's just cause he's a little kid. Like you said, and he can't resist putting things in things to see what happens. It's a great touch. Another, another outmoded piece of technology, by the way, VCR, but yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's good. Even telling, like, I will definitely say the last 20 minutes, like I said, were not my favorite, but just telling these, like us talking about this back and forth is making me laugh, let alone watching it. So that's usually the sign of a good movie is when you're laughing at someone just talking about the funny parts. I feel like you, uh, I, I look back and I look at it even more fondly on it now when, when the 20, when the final parts are out of my mind, I'm just laughing at the things that were memorable. And it's not the first or last comedy or even Will Ferrell comedy, which is like really, really good for an hour plus and then like is hasty and sloppy in the last 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah. And it's, that's like every Will Ferrell comedy, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, pretty much other than like Anchorman. I, I think like every like every single one of them is just it, at some point they're like, oh, shit, we have to we can't keep riffing anymore. We have to like tie this up somehow, you know, so. In some ways, it's that's just you know Will Ferrell comedies and not even and just and comedies in general like and a lot comedies of them don't have general. the best yeah. plots yeah. you know or or the plot is so like you said so secondary that at the end it does feel like they tacked something on or just wrapped it up for the sake of wrapping it up. I, I now have the Blu-ray and now this is making me want to see what sort of like outtakes or deleted scenes there might might be because I have to imagine there are just a lot of really Will crazy. Ferrell being crazy and how much fun for him because he gets to be like the only crazy one right. Like in like Anchorman or Talladega Nights or something, there's like everyone is like that, you know. Um, but in this one, he's like the only one. Yeah, it must be kind of must have been kind of fun. Well, I'm looking at the fun facts before we wrap up here. There's I don't know if you guys have been to the Wikipedia or the IMDb page, but there's some interesting tidbits. So Jim Carrey was supposed to play Buddy apparently originally and turned down the role, which is thank God he did because. Yeah. 
we already we I've seen enough Jim Carrey Christmas for one <laughs> holiday slash lifetime. I'm I'm good with like uh, buddy Jim Carrey doing all this stuff would I think would have gotten old really fast. Like there's a sweetness to Will Ferrell that I don't think Jim Carrey can even touch. Yeah. And yeah. I'm really happy that he wasn't trying. We weren't trying to fall in love with him. Plus, he's already had Zoe Deschanel dating movies. He's already had weird, you know, May-December romances with her. We don't need more of that shit. Yep. <laughs> and also, um, though, even though Buddy is an excellent gift rapper, Will Ferrell is not and needed someone else to wrap all the gifts in the movie. So Will Ferrell <laughs> could not be bothered to learn proper gift wrapping, apparently. Bro. Well, I'm 35 years old and I still can't really rap very well, so I get, I get that. If you were playing a character that was Christmas obsessed, though, you probably would take, you know, a couple hours and, and maybe try and perfect your craft, right? I mean, I've wrapped a lot of presents in my life. I just, I don't think, I just don't think I'm going to get it. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I, mean, I need to go full method at a department store gift wrapping. <laughs> they probably don't even have those anymore because everyone. No, they have them. Oh, they do? Okay. Yes. Also, that's a, that's a, just such a cop out, AJ. Well, life's busy. You know, I got two kids. I don't know if you guys know. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Got, he's got kids, Sam. I don't, I don't know if you're aware of these children in your family, but they're there. They exist. Yeah, I've heard him mention that on occasion. <laughs> Speaking of wrapping up, everyone, that wraps up our Elf episode. It was a treat. I'm glad we got so much out of it. Like I said, I thought this was going to be, you know, just us saying it's good. And Andrew and I have certainly had those episodes here and there, though not very frequently. But I'm glad there was stuff to talk about. And Elf is... A timeless classic. It's a great Christmas movie. You can catch it on TV. You can stream it for a very reasonable price. And if you have kids or if you just want to tap into that Christmas spirit, it is definitely worth your time. So we highly recommend you go enjoy Elf. I think and it was. For, ooh, I was gonna say I think it was like ten dollars at Target for the Blu-ray. So you know you can also own it for all time if you have kids. It's worth. It's worth it. And I think it's one of the rare movies that I would even you know Christmas movies that I'd recommend owning because it is you know I I won't I don't make a point to watch those movies though Sam has changed that with his tyrant's <laughs> Christmas uh, overlord on the podcast. But this is one that I think I would pop in at Christmas or like I said even in like June because I just it's just a fun movie to watch so it has charms that extend beyond the season which is great wow Sam there you go Steve's watching these in June you've done your work here is done he's made some real progress I I said I like the new Grinch movie and I said I would watch Elf in the summer that's you're you're definitely making a dent oh wow this is just great news uh unfortunately I haven't made a dent at all on Andrew Uh, he remains remains a Grinch well, we're going to find out with our next episode how grinchy Andrew really is because we are going to revisit Love Actually. We have an episode from pretty much one year ago to the day if you want to check that out. I recently re-listened to get ready to record and wow, Andrew, like I forgot how filled with rage you were. It's going to be very... I don't think you can recapture that, but I'm really curious to get all of our takes now that we've had a year to simmer and have consumed this bad movie once again. I, uh, I I don't I don't think I can summon that level of um, emotion about the movie, although I still think it's terrible. Um, but also it helps having seen the Jim Carrey Grinch because um, love actually is bad, but it it's it's not going to be the worst movie we will watch for this podcast. So um, so there's that. Yeah. But to hear just how much we liked or did not like it, join us in just a few days. Keep reloading those In Real Deep podcast feeds because we are going to put out a very special Love Actually 2. Or not Love Actually. That'd be, that'd be horrible. I don't even want to give anyone any ideas about Love Actually 2. We're going to put out a Love Actually, comma, again 
podcast on Friday, December 21st. So reload on Friday and get that episode. And then on Christmas Eve, we are putting out our Muppet Christmas Carol episode. So please enjoy both. We are wrapping up the Christmas season with two very, very good, solid episodes about one bad and one presumably good movie. We'll see. <laughs> Listen and get our takes on both. And thank you, Andrew, for joining us. I know you, I hear you have kids, and so I'm glad you were able to take some time away from them. I appreciate it. Yep, no problem. <laughs> Sam, enjoy your eggnog, enjoy your holiday spirit. I know you're probably sad we only have two more movies to go, but I promise that we'll make them count. Yeah, I am sad, but thanks for, thanks for those uh, kind words, Steve. <laughs> and thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. Ooh, very soon we'll come our way, Santa very soon we'll come our way.